Hi folks and welcome back to Strength to be Human. We have another wonderful interview segment with uh, Jennifer Brewer. Very happy to have her on board. Uh, she's someone that's contributed to us before. Her uh, story here, uh, Shift in Sands, we actually uh, nominated it for uh, the 2021 Pushcard Prize uh, for, for Fiction. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, the journal as of today released uh, its nominations. So we got In March from John Murrow. We got Space Between Us from Cordelia M. Heyman. Hope I said her name right. Uh, the Last Night from Nicole Berg. Uh, Cleaning My Mother's House from Elizabeth Fletcher. The Switch from Alfred L. Horowitz. And Shifting Sands from Jennifer Brewer. Jennifer, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited and I want to congratulate the other um, nominees as well. That's exciting for all of us. Yeah, it's, 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 always a, it's always a pleasure to do so because it's, it's important to, to help writers and sometimes that help is not necessarily about uh, the third line in the poem is kind of weak and can you fix that? I mean, that's good help, don't get me wrong. But it's also a, 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 another thing to be able to try to help somebody maybe get a little spotlight themselves. Maybe something like this encourages others that listen to the show or reads the journal or even contributes that that's a possibility in, in, in their, their writing uh, career or even their writing life that someone's going to say, this is worthy of an additional attention. And that's, that's really what it is. And it's wonderful to be able to do. Uh, that's actually considered in the small press literary world the highest nomination possible. So it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a hell of a treat for folks. I've gotten a few in my, over the course of my own uh, writing career, and it, it's, you know, you're giddy all day. You know, you really are. Yes, I was, I was very excited. I did have to kind of go look at I'd heard of it before, but I had to go look it up, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was super excited i never i never thought that i would be chosen for something like that so yeah well it's great the, there's two big awards that we're part of one is the best of the net which happens earlier in the year mm-hmm. and then the other one here is the push card prize they're a little bit different than the other the other awards because they've been around a very long time and also every single year they literally put produce a hard care of a book that has all of the nominations Every single one of them from the country, as well as a number of the works. So uh, they're all in that book that gets published every year. So if people wanted to buy that, they'll actually be able to see their name in there for eternity. So it's something special right. that they do. The other one doesn't do that. It's more of an internet award. It's still an important one. It's grown bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. But this one right here is is literally <laughs> the one that you could put in your bookshelf. It's it's that important. That's, yeah, that's exciting. It really is. So um, I know you are putting together a little bit of uh, how you might want to uh, go about the, the show. So uh, you can just go from there and just let me know whatever I can do to help. Okay. Um, I, I guess I can start with um, I'm, I'm not a – I wasn't someone who started writing young. Um, I'm not someone who has been writing my whole life and it's my passion and – and whatnot. I actually, um, I, I initially, this might sound a, a little strange, but um, several years ago, I was in a prayer meeting, and during a prayer meeting, had asked me if I if I was a writer, 
and I was like, no. Um, and I kind of laughed at it. Um, I, I did okay in English. I did some creative writing. I wrote a lot of angsty poetry when I was a teenager, and um, I did get one public, uh, one poem published in the National Library of Congress somewhere um, when I was a kid. Um, but that's kind of about it, other than school papers and <coughs> and things like that. And uh, so when they had said that, I just kind of was like, what a strange thing to, to say. And uh, later on, after I'd had my little one, I was um, kind of reevaluating life. I was a little older um, as well, having my... Um, my last child. I'm I'm a mom to two heart kids. I call them my heart kids because um, I think step step parent sometimes gets a gets a bad rap. <laughs> yeah, it's and, it's in li- it's in literature as a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, and they truly are my heart kiddos. Um, and they're my they're teenagers, and my little one is five. But um, was just kind of reevaluating life. I'd I'd gone to school and tried out, you know, trying to go in several different directions, and it just didn't really fit. And I was like, you know, what if I, I don't know, that that writing thing just kind of kept eating at me every so often. I'm like, well, what if I just give this a try? You know, I'm older. I got a little bit under my belt. I love to read, you know. And uh, so I took classes um i uh i went to snhu online and uh was with them for a good while and that was good you know you got a lot of the old stuff that you go through and the literary stuff but i i I wanted to kind of write a little bit more genre related and it just kind of wasn't fitting the bill, and I switched, um, transferred to Full Sail University, and they actually are a little bit more screenplay related, but they deal a lot of sh- with a lot of short fiction um, initially, flash fiction and and short stories. That's kind of where they start you, and and so I kind of built from there. But I was getting a lot of great feedback from them, and and they really kind of helped opened some doors and get gave me encouragement to step out there and not look at my work as something so intimidating to share, you know. And um, so I um, life happened and I didn't necessarily graduate from there either. Um, I'm not a graduate, but um, I am a writer. And uh, they just gave me the confidence, you know, COVID happened, life happened, I'm a parent, kids had to come home, and so writing has also been a little difficult over the last couple of years, Um, and uh, so, you know, that's kind of how I came about to writing. was just kind of taking a chance on myself, you know, like I, I didn't necessarily think I was going to be any good at it, but I thought, why, why not give it a try? And, uh, 
you know, my husband, thankfully, he supports our family and he's supportive of me um, doing this thing, even though it's not necessarily very monetary at the moment, and that's okay. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's kind of the start of it. Um, well, you, you hit you hit the nail on the head. A lot of folks, especially yourself, they underestimate what they can do, mainly because they get fooled by the background of the situation. Yeah. The people, and I'm one of those people that have written over 30 years, my entire my entire adult life. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're a small part of what writing is all about. And if you look at the numbers of those kind of people, I don't even think we're 10%. Which means mm-hmm. that the other amount of people that are out there that are writing, they've come to writing in so many different various ways. That it's, it's important that for us, if we could play any role in trying to help them, we should do so. And unfortunately, I meet a lot of people that are like me that are very snobbish, very rude, and they just don't care. And that's yeah. it, it, unfortunate. Part of what I do is not only to apologize for all those jerks, <laughs> but also <laughs> also because I don't believe that I have any more insight into the world or into writing doing it 36 years next to somebody that's been doing it for three years. Mm-hmm. I don't say that because it sounds cool on, on, on the show. I say that because that's the truth. Right. You have more experience. I can honestly tell Jennifer Brewer that I can probably edit a poem or a, a fiction piece or even a play much faster than maybe she or other people can. That's only because of all the experience of having to do that. But right. does this mean that I'm going to come up with something more original than her? No. I might not even be as good as her in some of these things. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's really going to click in you. And you don't really know where it's going to take you or maybe even important where you're going to take it. You just don't know that. It's a big mystery. It's a big chance. It's a, it's a big gamble. So this kind of a story is important for people to hear because there are just too many people, and I talk to a lot of them, that they're frightened to go forward. They don't think yeah. their family's going to understand. I'm like, are you telling them that you're worshiping Satan and you're sacrificing <laughs> squirrels in the forest? No. You're just telling them you yeah. want to write a poem. What the hell is so controversial about that? Some people freak freaked right. out about that. They really are. Like they're doing something evil. So um, right. you got folks that are like that. And that kind of fear holds back people from stuff they could be doing that's great. Now I got a guy. He hasn't declared himself yet. When he's finished with his project, he's will. And I'm going to publish it because I've been following him along. But let me tell you let me tell you his short story here really quickly, okay? Mm-hmm. This, yeah. is, this is a guy that he abandoned writing earlier in his life. He even mm-hmm. abandoned the, the woman that he, he loved secretly because it was just better for him to go into business and make a lot of money. Because once he did that, all his dreams would come true. Oh. 20 years later, he had all this money and he has nobody in his life. He barely has any friends. And he's sitting there one day going, what the hell is the point of this? I'm absolutely miserable. I'm thinking about throwing myself out the window. Right. Yeah, so he starts writing. The next thing you know, he's got like about six stories. And he comes across my thing and he says, what do you think about this? I'm reading reading these things and I'm like, 
God, why don't you have any credits? He goes, well, I just started writing like three weeks ago. I'm like, what? So yeah. it was obvious that he's had the talent all along. Yeah. So I said, listen, why don't you keep going with this? And I go, my, and Randall, by the way, why don't you go find out some of the other things that you screwed up on and try to fix those? Because if you don't take second chances, maybe tomorrow you die. So how about you go try to do something Absolutely. now that you realize it? You know what this guy did? He went over to the woman that, that he's been loving all these years that never got married, and he says, blah, 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 blah. Right. And and now they're now in a relationship. I don't know what will happen with that. Aww. But what I do know is that he did what he should have been doing a long time ago. And he's right. been trying to rewrite a, a life that he just spent in a corporation that he, he's not even sure if he just wasted it all. Yeah. Other than the money, he says he don't know what else he could do with any of that. So that's what a lot of this can be all about, is, is somebody simply having a light bulb finally coming on saying, I need to stop being afraid. I need to just go out there and try to do something. Right. Well, and the, I think the other thing that I struggled with, too, was that I just felt like I didn't have a voice, you know, like I didn't really have anything of value to say, um, really, until I started writing fiction. Um, I, I do occasionally write some more non-fictional articles and, and whatnot whenever it kind of when I feel inspired to do so, um, I put a lot of those on Medium. But um, for the most part, I find that I can be a little bit more free and, like, remove myself from the equation um, when I when I start focusing on fiction, you know, telling somebody else's, story, you know, a character's story or, or, you know, I mean, obviously it's just stuff I've made up in my head, but still, like, I feel like I have more of a voice that way. Yeah, that's that's pretty common. Um, that's pretty common for people yeah. to want to do that, and and it's also common that the writer, in the beginning, and maybe you so as well, might convince themselves, well, these are just characters, and this is their thing, and I'm over here in the kitchen drinking coffee, and the story is over there. But eventually, the things that happen in there. Those are some of your life, whether you want to uh, see it or not, or, or admit it or not, or even realize that, you know, maybe it changed it a little bit, but they still have some, some relevant truth to it. And, and those are the things that when someone reads it, speaks to them. Right. Or even just our fears, you know, like I, I sometimes find myself throwing some of my fears into things. Um, some of the stuff I work on can be a little dark. Um, you know, but I imagine, you know, therapeutically, <laughs> I'm probably working through something. Most most writers but, most writers are literally the act of yeah. writing is a lesser form of, of therapy to a certain extent, and not just for the writers. Sometimes the reader can say, "Oh my God, I got more out of that than the psychologist three weeks ago." You right. Know? So that's that's really important because one of the problems with modern media in terms of songs or uh, TV shows or even plays on the stages is that they spend so much time trying to get some big common denominator thing because they have to make money and they got to right. satisfy commercial people and everything else that they miss a lot of the things that we'd like them to say in, in a piece. Yeah. And oftentimes it's the writer that fills in the gap that the other people over at HBO have forgotten about. Right. So for you Absolutely. to ever think, for you to ever think 
And it's gonna happen because you're human. It happens to me too. <laughs> but if you ever think that you don't have a voice or you don't count or everything like that, well, that's just fear talking. And sometimes you have to put yeah. fear in a corner someplace and go about your business because it doesn't really help you and it's not really true. Yeah. And, and I've been learning that, especially within the writing. Um, I'm in a lot of writing groups. Um, you know, there can be some good and bad within the writing community. But I've been lucky to find some pretty amazing people, um, you know, from all over the world. I've got some connections that I talk to regularly in Canada and New England. And there's some amazing writers. And they're, you know, just, just like me. They're pushing through, putting their stories out there. Some of it's fiction, some of it's nonfiction. Um, you know, and, and just being brave and, and we support each other. But even in those groups, you know, we hear a lot of, well, I'm afraid to publish this or can you look at it because I think it might stink or, you know, like just, just a lot of worries before they put it out there for the world to make their opinion on your work. I find it the hardest when I talk to other writers beyond just the show I mean because I, I talk mm-hmm. to a lot of them to figure out ways to instill some kind of faith in, in, in the world or even in themselves because it's a, a very difficult thing to try to transfer to somebody because yeah. the truth is and they have to be told the truth regardless of how painful it is every single thing we do in writing is a chance it's a chance when we're yeah. taking time away from ourselves or our family to sit down and write it's a chance that it might be good or not good. It's a chance when we send it out there. It's a chance that the writing group might say, I suck, or the writing group might say, I'm not sure about this. It is mm-hmm. all such a chance on so many different levels that it's not hard to see how something like that can wear down people. Yeah. I, I talk to other writers who do work with other writers, and they're like, I don't know why they just can't see that. There's a chance to just do it. I go because it's not as easy as for you as is it for them. It's it's right. not, it's it's, it's going to be different levels for people, and it's not easy to get to get confidence. And and beyond beyond that, our ideas of confidence are very stereotypical. Confidence is not. Um, I'm on the show doing an interview, and I just got nominated, and I'm going to work on a book, and everybody thinks I'm pretty good. Because you're going to have some days where you're like. I think all of this sucks and I'm not sure about it anymore. <laughs> right. So it's, it's that's, yeah, that's going to happen. So it, it's going to go in, in peaks and valleys. You're going to have the, you know, the ebbs and the, and the flows and all of this. It, that's, that's human. But what's important is not that people stumble and it's not important that they lost their courage on Wednesday. What's important is that they find it on Thursday. That's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. If they can do yeah. that, then we're okay with that. So, no one's saying that you're supposed to be some perfect human now that you write and now that uh, someone is paying attention and now that someone likes what you're doing. You're still going right. to be human. You're still going to have those same issues. But you can now at least legitimately say to yourself when fear is there, well, hey, Mr. Fear, what, what about this other thing I got done and everybody likes it. <laughs> so you could always tell fear, I got something now. You, you thought you had something before. Well, I got something now. And, right. and every time you can do that, you, you're able to put that thing back in, the, in its box. It's never going to stay there forever because it never does. It's not possible. Okay. Fear is so part of what the human experience is. The whole point is, is that you don't put it in the driver's seat. If it's got to be in the damn car, put it in the trunk. <laughs> right. 
Right. So you know it's there. You're not denying it's there. So it can't make fun of you. Ha ha. You think I'm not here when I'm here. <laughs> but you could drive right. and go, yeah, but your, your butt's in the trunk right now and you're staying there. Ha ha. And I'm going to go get some ice cream and then write another story. Too bad. Well, and I think it's important for, you know, I mean, if, if you can be lucky enough to find a writing community that isn't jaded or thinks that they're hoity-toity and knows everything and and you know nothing. I've been in a few of those groups and I've left. Um, I understand. I actually have a show yeah. on, on that experience and telling people about uh -huh. the good, the bad, and the ugly of that situation because I'm not one of those people that put them all down, but I'm also not one of those people to say, yeah, go go do one without checking it out because they're all great because that's not really oh, honest right. or helpful either. It is a gamble yeah. like everything else you do in writing. You're going to get some that you're going to get some stuff out of it and some don't, don't. But what I can tell you about writing groups, it's no different than a family unit or a business right. unit or a military unit. If the leadership is crappy, everything else is going to be crappy eventually. Absolutely. It's just that simple. If you get somebody that really can restrain people and let them talk what they need to talk and let them not talk what they need to talk and... And, and, and keep people uh, in, in some kind of decent civil manner, you're going to get something out of it because that person understands the dynamic of, of people. But the funny thing about a writing group is the person in charge doesn't need to be an expert writer. What they really need to do is have somebody in there that has some people skills because you have to have more people yeah. skills and writing skills when you're in a writing group because people will be at each other's throat eventually. Right. Yeah, you got to be able to facilitate. And it's not an easy thing for a lot of people. So I find that a lot of writing groups have wonderful intentions and even have some great members. But sometimes the people that run it either don't know what they're doing or, in many cases, uh, they've lost control some time ago. Yeah. Or, or it gets too big. That's, that's the other end. It gets too big and they just can't keep control of it. <clears throat> That, that happens sometimes, too. Is people need to be able to figure out what their own limits are. And, and if the yeah. group is doing well, is it going to be a, a good idea to add three more people? Okay? Sometimes I have to consult on some of these things when people ask me privately. And usually the first thing I say is, and that's if they're in my generation. Because sometimes my references, I don't know, apparently I'm just too old for a lot of people. But I, 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 told, I told this one guy, I said, listen, this isn't the Waltons, Okay. Think about it like Little House on the Prairie, okay? You think that that dude right. could have 29 children in that small house? You think he'd be able to feed them, house them, uh, emotionally support them? No. He had to have um, a limited family because he has limited resources because he's just one dude with his wife. It's no different than, than a group. Right. Sometimes it's better to keep it small because you can get the most out of it and people can get the most out of it. Otherwise, it's not like McDonald's. You're not serving one billion burgers and everybody's happy. No. You're going to have 29 people in that thing, and like 27 of them are going to be pissed off. Right. <laughs> You're not doing any good well, for anybody. And, I mean, and important stuff can get lost in the noise, too. Like, just, <clears throat> you know, maybe there was a good piece that stood out, but there's so many people that you just can't, it just gets missed. Yeah, it, it happens, and it's just, it's difficult. It, it's hard to ask somebody to share a celebration when you got three people that got like 98 rejections and they're about to, you know, kill themselves. So 
Yeah. It's not easy. It's not fair to the person who finally got themselves accepted, but at the same point, I can understand how that would rub somebody the wrong way. I mean, I don't support that kind of rubbing, and I certainly don't support someone saying right. all day long, I wish they wouldn't have to hear about somebody's successes because they need to hear about that. That's what's going to help push them oh, you know, yeah. as well. But it's not an easy thing to find the, you know, the happy medium. I don't even know if there's a happy medium sometimes. I don't think If you so. get lucky it's enough, really. if you get lucky enough with people who are mature <clears throat> enough to handle that, that's one thing. But sometimes you might not. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's really hard if you come into this industry and you can't take any kind of critique. Like, you have to be able to take a level of correction because we all need edited. Like, it doesn't matter how many times you've written a sentence, you still forgot to put the in there somewhere. It's, it's a very you know? it's a very important <laughs> lesson. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Jennifer, because I'll give you an example. I had someone last month, okay? And this happens a lot in writing, and you'll, you'll, you'll see it, that people, they lean on their bios for everything, meaning that when they send you something, they might not have done their best work on it. They might not have even did anything beyond a second draft. But they'll send it to you. Hey, Mark, check this out. Because they just thought that I'm going to be so impressed with the bio, I'm just going to say, oh, my God, thank you. Thank you for enriching my life. But right. I'm getting something that it's like, this has a lot of potential, but you still have more work to do. There's no way I'm going to publish this the way this is. And you tell them that. You even give them some pointers on, listen, you need to look at that. And why don't you check this out? And you'll never hear from these people again. They'll literally just say the hell with you and then send it to somebody else. Because they think the bio, they think the bio is going to speak for them. And I think it's important for me to have the bio because if I publish stuff, that's just less contact I have to make. Because if you're dealing with 60, 70 people a month, I got to do like 140 emails versus 70? No, it just makes sense for me to have everything when you submit. But it doesn't mean right. that I'm reading it going, oh yeah, this woman's good to go. Uh, no, because... What is supposed to speak to me as the editor and as the audience is the work. Right. And if the work is not speaking to them, I seriously <laughs> doubt that that girl from Bangladesh that's looking at the journal is like, yeah, that kind of sucked, but uh, wow, this bio is great. They're not impressed and they don't care. And why should they? No, they probably stopped reading. Yeah, exactly. Because you know. this is an international yeah. literary journal, not an international literary right. bio. That's, that's what I tell right. you. It's a journal. It's about writing. So uh, I have to do that. And uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm out kinder than most editors because I literally tell people, this is maybe a second draft. This is some stuff you should work on. But I don't call, right. I don't call it a rejection. I said, listen, I'd be happy. And I just don't say that as words. It's the God's honest truth. I'd be happy to look at this again when you start looking at this again yourself. I'd be more than happy to do so. I have published people on that very same very same status so but you'd be shocked i'd say like six out of ten people will never contact you again they're mortified wow well i mean that's one of the reasons why i was glad that i had you know for me i, I like to have like foundational principles which was one of the reasons you know or in, in any job you know you want to have your training and uh when I came into writing, I just didn't know enough. And I know there's like a millions of resources, but where do you start? And uh, so that was kind of why I went the school route was so that I could have a level of foundation <clears throat> in that. And, and it was good because you do so many, you know, you do peer reviews, peer critiques, 
and then what your teacher, you know, so you're already ready and you're already prepared to handle having your work gone through and, and tore apart. <laughs> Um, just so you can build it back up again, but I mean, but that's part of the writing process is tearing it apart. It, and, it, it is. It I even up. have a I even have a show just on that about the creative writing course and what people can get from it and, and what they falsely expect. So I always tell people all the time, yes, if you haven't taken one before, yes, they're helpful, but they're not yeah, they're not helpful in the way you expect because a creative writing course. It's like it's like being a mechanic. You can teach a kid how to fix a car, but fixing the car is not the same thing as driving the car. That's right. different skills. That's a different situation. So when the kid crashes the car and he's telling the cop, "I could tear this thing apart," they're like, "Well, yeah, you just did. You just tore it apart." But what the hell are you talking about? And he's telling the guy, "Yeah, I don't know how to drive, but I can fix the car." That's what a creative course does. It'll tell you all the mechanics that you need to know. It's important to have some of that right. knowledge, but it can't teach you to be creative. You still got to find no. out yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So they're, they're very I, important. I mean, there are ways that someone else can look at your work and help you to or help you and encourage you and steer you, you know, if you're going wonky off, you know, into left field and it's just not working. Um, you know, but maybe they can see something in you and help bring it out. But you have to be open to that. If you're shut to that, your work isn't going to grow. You're not going to grow. Yeah. As a person, you, you, as you, a writer. You won't. And this is what the problem is for a lot of people is, is that either they don't know or they have forgotten that the writing grows only as much as they allow it to grow as they are growing. Yeah. Because if any of that stops, nothing comes out that's really useful or, or authentic. And it might even sound mechanical or like I used to call creative coursey, <laughs> you know, where you, you, you read it and you go, uh, yeah, technically that's okay. But uh, it doesn't have a, a heartbeat or pulse. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have a spirit, but it's, it's just moving like a robot. <laughs> right. Well, and like, um, you know, I learned, uh, learning a lot of the, the basics and whatnot, um, it has helped me to write good short stories, and I'm comfortable in that, but as I'm stretching myself into, like, longer fiction, um, I'm having to go back and, and just learn some new things. I kind of did a lot of pantsing on my short stories which isn't necessarily a bad thing getting it out and you go back through and fix everything but um <clears throat> when you're writing longer fiction at least for me i know this isn't for everybody but that middle piece is just i can get that beginning and the end and you know but just what to do in the middle and so i'm having to go back and kind of reteach myself and dig into some plotting things just to make sure that my middle of things isn't so soggy, you know. Um, and and writing is just all, I think it's just a learning process every day. I mean, you're all, I mean, for at least for me, I'm learning something new every day. It, it definitely is. And, and, and as much, I, I tell people this a lot on the, on the show, Particularly, but I wrote in a few articles about it as well. 
writing is not just about learning about writing, but sometimes learning is about learning about yourself. And if you could discover yes. certain things about yourself, and I'm not talking about like deep, dark secrets when you were seven at the park. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking about just yeah. things about yourself that you didn't realize or maybe you're more comfortable about talking about now. Some of that can be used as a bridge or even a vehicle to help you on certain parts of your writing that you didn't think was, was possible because it could have been that the block there is nothing to do with literature and, and everything to do with personal. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I find myself, and I imagine that this is probably the case for maybe not all writers, but some writers, um, perfectionism, sometimes I'll get caught up in my thoughts, but because I can't, I think it's not going to be perfect if I put it on the page. I, I stall out, and uh, I'm like, I just, I just gotta get it on the page. <laughs> right, right. And this is a big, this is a big common, common habit. Okay, so I'm telling you, if, yeah. you, if you get that guy from Egypt on the phone over here, he'd probably say, <laughs> "I did the same thing last week." You know, so right. I'm serious. This is this is a problem that a lot of writers have, and the easiest way. Okay, the easiest way to get over it, okay, is depending on how you're writing. If you're doing it on a computer screen or if you're doing it on a yellow pad or something like that, is what I do is if you know some key points that you're looking to stress in whatever story it is, write those down as an outline and follow that along as you're writing and never look back. Just keep going. Okay, that second point I'm going to do, 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 and then that third point. Once you do that, you've gotten a lot of that stuff down. You already know in, in every insecure manner possible. I did a lot of stuff, but it's not going to be good yet until I fix it later. That's good. Right. That's not a bad thing. Actually, what you should do is find the security in insecurity, <laughs> which means it's like, I already know this isn't perfect. I already know that it doesn't even have what I want it to have yet. But what I do know is that without the beginning, there's never going to be an ending. So I have to start right. by doing this. If you start doing that more and make it a habit, you'll get less frightened of it, of it not being perfect yet. And then you'll, you'll accept the fact, like I do, that you're going to need a couple of drafts. And once you live with that, with that prospect, you'll actually not only get better at writing, you won't have the same fears. And as you go through the drafts, you'll start getting faster and better at doing them. And now you're like, well, God, I know now I probably need three or four on everything I do. So that's how I'm going to do it. And you might find that some pieces need more and some pieces need less. But that kind of gives you a, like a rhythm or a routine or a rote or whatever you might want to call that. Because everybody has a different word for it. But mm -hmm. I find that rewriting, or excuse me, rereading something while you're still writing is extremely bad. It makes you hesitant. It makes you more nervous. Oh, no. It slows you down. And, yes. and something that should only take three or four days might take three or four weeks. Which is ridiculous, and, and, and it's not really productive to do that, because by then you could have been working on a few other things. So right. that's what I done, because I used to have that sort of thing as well as you, and it made me through it all the time. In fact, I do so much writing now on my phone notes that I like it because as it moves along, it forces you that you can't even read what you just wrote, because now you have to worry about the next section. It almost forces right. me to do what I'm really trying to force myself to do. And I like that. I, I do a lot of my columns for my my Indian Global um, publication that I have a column with now for the five years. Almost every single column that I've done in five years has been on the phone. And I just hit the button when I'm done uh, on the on the final edit of it and then literally sends it over to India. 
Just like that. Wow. Yeah, I don't even do it on the paper anymore or the computer or anything. Because I, I, I've trained myself that that's the best way for me to do stuff. Because I used to be so much in the habit of, well, let me go back to those other two paragraphs. Maybe right. maybe they'll inform me on how to go forward. No, that's just a lie that your, your, that your insecure self is telling you. You're lying to yourself. It's not going to tell you crap. Because you're going to read it and go, not only do I don't know how to get to the middle, I now have to fix the beginning. And this is how exactly. it is. It's a damn trap. You're trapping yourself. Just avoid yeah. avoid the trap and you'll be okay. That's so good. I get myself stuck in that in that loop, like, all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, stop. Um, and, I mean, I think, so I've taken a few content writing jobs, which they're okay, but it's, it is not fun for me. <laughs> I, I don't love it. Um, but they do kind of, it's been a, a little bit of both, both good and bad. Um, you know, it, it has forced me to write a little faster and, and kind of just get, get it down. Um, but then, you know, even in my own writing, that's where that perfectionism part comes in even stronger. Cause I'm like, well, I got to get this right the first or second time. Cause I'm on the time limit and I got to, you know, and, uh, so I'm going to have to work my way back out of that. <laughs> From, from when I was doing content writing, I've stepped away from that. I got you. I, I've talked to a few people that do that on a regular basis, and that's usually the first thing they talk about is the uh, the pressure of a of a, a timeline or a deadline. Yeah. Uh, could could be good in some aspects, and and, right. and very bad in others. And and I found that the only time they're good is when first you're writing about something that you might actually halfway care about. And then, right. and then the second is if you're writing on something that you you feel like you have enough knowledge on that even if you don't like it, you know you can get through it in that deadline. Otherwise, it's it's not a fun experience at all. Uh, no. I've had I've had invitations to do that and I turned them all down. I said I don't care. I do yeah, I, I I was trying to help my husband and he was just like, you know, if you're not happy, <laughs> it's a like. We're just going to keep going. This or Do what makes you happy. And so I worked for, 15, you know, 15, 20 years of my life. And so since now I'm a stay-at-home mom, it, it can be hard to to slow down and, and accept that it's okay that I'm not bringing money to the table at the moment. Um, especially since I have that support. Not everybody has that support. Right, right. Uh, and, and I feel for them if they don't. But I, I do appreciate my husband and the support that he gives me in this in this direction. Well, I, I think it's extremely important whenever it's whatever is possible. But I'm I'm sorry to say, even in, even not. in my own existence here, because uh, yeah. mine's almost out of stalemate, so they're not negative against it, but they're certainly not positive. Um, yeah, is that most people don't have that, and it's an exactly. it's an additional pressure and burden on them on many and many fronts. And yeah. usually when I talk to people privately about their writing, that's normally one of the first questions I ask because it's important to know that up front what they're already dealing with. Yeah. Because otherwise you're giving them directions and you're giving them advice and you might even be, God forbid, lecturing them. And then you find mm -hmm. out that they're dealing with some of these extra things and, you know, it makes you as a writer and a person feel like crap because you're like, God, I need to consider that. So I try to find that out first where, where they're at on that. You know, yeah. I had a girl that was extremely good, but she said that she just didn't want to put the time in because she thought it would take away from the time that she would have with her boyfriend, and he was kind of upset about that. 
Yeah. You know, I just had to tell her what my feelings on it are pretty simple. If it's important to you, then it has to be a priority close to the level of what your boyfriend is. Cause, yeah. Because if it's not, you're not going to go where you want to go, first of all, because she had certain goals. You know, so that's yeah. why that's why I said that because she gave me some goals in mind, and, and then also I said that because that's generally how I feel about about writing is is that if you don't make it some kind of priority in the loop of things that you're doing, if you just put it in the closet somewhere and it comes out every so often, it's gonna get that same reaction when you finally put it out there. They're gonna be able to see that this is not something that you know you put some real time into or, or your heart and soul. It was just like you know. Some some project kind of some project dirt, yeah, yeah and, and, that, and that's it and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that but in the context if you said I want to be this good or I want to do this or I want to do that well then that is a problem because it's no different than the Olympics you know right it's one thing to win a lot of races in in high school and college running it's a whole nother level if you have to train to go to the Olympics because literally. There isn't anything more important in, in, in terms of a priority. Your entire existence revolves around that. From how you eat, to who you date, to what families are, are, are going to support you or not support you, to what sponsor is going to give you money so you don't have to actually work. All of that. So it's really, a, right. a, for me, a writing, a, especially if you have certain particular goals in mind, it's on par with that. If you're not structuring the whole life around that, it, you're not going to go anywhere because the few that do are like geniuses, and most of us are not geniuses. No. Yeah. Well, and I mean, my my especially during COVID, my heart goes out to the people who are, you know, working full-time jobs at home, their kids are home, and they're trying to work riding in, and you know, I, I don't necessarily have that level of strength, I don't think, at my age. I, I am grateful. I mean, we did send my kids to school this year, so I have a little bit more time to write. Um, I did make it a priority last year, um, but I definitely didn't see as much progress with my kids being home, you know, 24-7 while we were homeschooling them. Well, this is what I recommend to you and other people that are in that situation. What you have to do is, besides doing whatever you can to set some, some time apart, even if it's just a small amount of time, is when you've done that, you need to put a plan in motion about what you're going to do with that time. Let's say it's like an hour a day, or maybe even an hour every two days. Okay, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot if you already have a plan in mind of what you want to do. And what I find for a lot of people, including myself, is, is that if I have a bunch of those things that I was telling you about that I'm just writing on through, and I leave them to the side now because I know they're not ready, but I got a lot of the stuff that I wanted to say out in them, that's the perfect time to grab one of those out of there and throw them into that hour and say, this is my idea of creativity at the moment. I'm going to re-edit this damn thing. And now I'm going to try to get the building closer to where I want it to be. And if you spent the hour just doing that, that's actually an enormous thing to do. It's actually very creative. You don't need to think or put your put this false pressure on yourself that, you know, I just said about three hours this week into writing, and I haven't come up with a, a new damn thing yet. Well, that's 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 a false way of going about things because if you had some notes you wrote down, or you had something that was half written or whatever, those are the things you should be working on because that's still creativity. That's still important. Right. 
and you don't really have, in my opinion, the business to say, this is just old crap, I want new crap. I'll tell you the truth is, until you have that ready to be sent out to a publisher or to a magazine, it's still new crap, so work on it. And that's a, that's, right. that's a good thing, and you'll find that that time is being used wisely. And I'll tell you one thing, you will feel psychologically and emotionally later on, and, you know, I got something out of that. And when you do that, then you felt that you, you're moving in the right direction. Right. Well, and you make progress. I mean, every little step that you that you make is progress. I mean, for me, I would, you know, when my kids were home, I'd wait till they went to bed, and and I would give my husband about an hour of time for just us, and then he could play his game or whatever, and then the rest of the night, I was focused on writing, whatever that was. Maybe it was reading, because reading is an important part to writing. It is. Um, you know, so it, it would just depend on where I was at that night. If I couldn't focus to 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 write, then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to read. I'm going to take this time to, to, gain, to gain more in that area. And, uh, and I think sometimes that can be missed, is, is that reading is just as important to the writing process as, as just writing is. I, I definitely agree, and, and I, I encourage it, but I don't always find a, a, a good ear to right. hear that, because sometimes a writer is simply saying, Mark, I just put four hours in this schedule that it's excruciating for me to even carve out. I'm not doing crap but writing, okay? So then I just say, if that's going to be how you're going to approach it, here's some of my ideas. Try to go back to those old notes. Try to go back to that piece you're still working on. Right. Try to go back to editing because even editing will spark things in you. I know a guy. Oh, yeah. I know a guy. What he does, and I don't do this, but what he does is that he goes to the piece, and instead of actually working on it, he starts writing notes on the friggin' notes. And then later on, when he goes to it, he goes, I got some guide point now on things I think I could fix and blah, 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 until I, I now have a better picture about where I want to go. I, I never heard anyone do that before, and I haven't really heard anybody do that since. But maybe for him, that's what works. But he says that it's it's been beneficial. So good. Because it's all yeah. about what's going to work for you. It's not going to be the same for everybody else. Right, because we're all unique individuals. Some things will be the same. I mean... Yeah. Be, be, be honest with you, it's extremely rare to write something on the first time and it's going to be ready to go. It happens. Oh. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, I told someone one time when they asked me that, I said, I've been writing 36 years. I can remember three pieces in 36 years, and I've written over, over 2,000 things at least, including about 50 plays, That that like three pieces that were ready to go. Everything else, literally five, six, seven drafts. Everything else, time. Everything else. Right. I even had a piece the other day. It got published, and I'm looking at it, going, "I could have changed this." That's how ridiculous you can get. I literally had to stop. Oh, I had wow. to stop looking at it and go, yeah. "Let me just be happy I got published." <laughs> but I swear to God, I kept saying to myself, "I want to change this." Yeah. Just let it be done. Yeah, yeah, it, let it... exactly. And it wasn't something I just sent out right away. I, 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 I do like I do everything. I kind of put it through yeah. the ringer, so to speak, to try to do whatever I can to. To make it the best possible uh, way, because you don't know what an editor is going to look at, and if it's a poem, it could literally hinge on one word versus a fiction piece where right. somebody somebody can literally say, "I love this thing, but there's a couple things here I, I wish you'd uh, adjust, and I'm ready to rock with it." And then you could do that and not feel compromised. A poem is different. You right. can literally tell somebody this word. If you don't change it, it changes the whole damn poem. 
I don't even know what the hell to do with it. I mean, that happens sometimes, and then they have to like reevaluate what they want to do. But um, right. I think it's extremely important for writers to understand this. They are always going to want to revisit something. Yeah. You got to find the line in yourself where you just draw it and say, it's time for it to go. It's kind of like having kids at the house, you know? Uh, yeah. Maybe they're there past 18, okay. Maybe they're there to 20, all right. They're there to 27, you need to get the hell out. You know, right. there's a there's a point there's a point where you got to draw a line someplace to where now this is becoming uncomfortable, where now this is becoming untenable, where now it needs to go out and explore the world because you're damn tired of looking at it. And um, you could say that about Cato, you could say that about a poem. It's the same thing in some instances. Yeah. So uh, that's how you have to look at it. I've literally put stuff out there where I swear to God I'm hitting the button and I'm like closing my eyes and and, and maybe like turning my head because I'm like. I still don't know if it's ready yet, but after five drafts, I, I just can't deal with it anymore. Let it go out there. And surprisingly, well, that stuff gets picked up more than other things I thought was perfect. You know? Right. Well, I I had I was doing that with uh, the novel that I've been working on. I had gotten through the first two or three chapters, and like you said, that you know, not to go back and reread sometimes, and that's what I was doing. And so I would go back to try to get my place again. And I was correcting everything. And, I mean, I've probably been through that. I mean, it, it, editing could never be done. I could always think of something yeah, new. No, that's the problem. But I'm never going to go anywhere if I don't move past those two chapters. The, the book will never be finished, so it won't matter. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. I'm doing that right now. I, I finished a, a, a collection of, uh, of short pieces. I, I put together a, a first-time project for myself where it's it's a novel, but it's told in stories from beginning to oh, the well, end. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so it's so much work to make sure that the timeline's correct, that, that things mm -hmm. don't conflict. But also, there was even though it's fiction, there's a lot of real people and a lot of real things in it. And then you start mm -hmm. going back in a self-conscious way, especially if it has to do with women. Or maybe even has to do with you know bedroom stuff that you, 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 you're doing it in a classy way you're doing it in a respectful way you're doing it in a way that's right. that's not you know disgusting but in, in, also in a way that's still honest and, and, right. and to find all of that you, you might have to rewrite something like ten times and I'm like oh my god this is it's like I, I've had a few times where I've had to like I gotta go I gotta step away because it's like just gotta move on. Yeah, I go I, 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 I go on to the airplane story. That was a little easier. Right. It didn't, it didn't involve uh, nudity or ridiculousness, so. <laughs> but uh, I, I've had yeah. to do I've had to do that, and part of doing that, even though you think the story is done, is you're going back to reread things. So I found that it was better for me. To only reread once I'm physically done with the story. It, it has everything in place, and then I can go reread, and then kind of rewrite from there. Because that's the problem. The minute you reread, you're starting to rewrite. It's just it happens. Right. There's no yeah. there's no way there's no way around that. And I don't want to yeah. I don't want to tell somebody that reads it one day, <laughs> especially if they're you know somebody of the of the past uh, of a romantic type of sense uh, that sure. that I didn't spend enough time trying to be accurate or, or, or trying to be honest or at least trying to be respectful you know I, right. I just got through it and put it out there and didn't care because 
it, it probably validates their opinion of me from 25 years ago, which <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I'm a different person no. now. But at least, yeah. it, at least it can say to them, you know, he was a jerk 25 years ago, but now he's obviously somebody that has, has looked at that and said, hey, you know, he's a better person. So, I mean, you want to be able to at least get that kind of image out there. It's unusual to have right. that kind of self-conscious stuff in my own writing because I normally don't write things that are that autobiographical. But in this particular case, the nature of the story and the nature of the book just demanded that. So I had to be somebody, mm -hmm. somebody a little bit different, somebody to look at yesterday and go, Jesus, what kind of human being was I? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and then and, and then say uh, and keep saying, well, in a defensive way, I'm I'm not that kind of guy now. I've been, right. I've been married 20 years. I've got children. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's all true, but it don't mean crap when you're reading, when you're writing the book. Right. Yeah, because that, that character is you, whether you like it or not. So you want to try to do whatever you can to shore it up and explain some of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, well, I read recently, and I thought it was, I mean, I haven't had an opportunity at this very moment to put it into practice where... You just kind of take a note for yourself on the side of where you left off so that you don't go back and reread. You know, so you've just written a little note to remind yourself where you were, but not going back and actually rereading anything so that you can get that first draft done. It's it's another it's another ritual that people listening yeah. to the show right now can adopt. I even did a show on rituals, the rituals of all the people, the things that people do. I know a guy that says. If he doesn't have a sharpened number two pencil, he can't do crap. Don't matter about all the go. technology or nothing. He only writes right. with a pencil on a pad. And that's it. He's never deviated. Wow. He said, if I can't do this ritual, I can't write. Whatever works for everybody. Yeah. And some people, they need candles, incense. Yeah. I know a guy that does meditation, a girl that does yoga. Um, wow. I, uh, I, amongst other writers... Have no problem at night. If I don't feel I'm getting anywhere, I go for a jog, take a shower, come back. Suddenly, I feel like, oh, crap, I can do something now. It was almost like I had, like, emotional constipation or something, you know? <laughs> and I just had to clear it out. And, and just running will clear you out because when you're running and you're an old guy like I am, you're thinking about heaven and hell and, you know, Jesus and all of that. Because sure. you're not sure if you're going to be able to breathe when you're done with it. So all the other, right. all the other crap that was holding you back before, well, that's all gone. <laughs> You don't have to think about that. You're like, ah. So it works. It works every time for me. You know, other people, it could be an ice cream sandwich or, you know, five cigarettes or something. I quit 17 years ago, so I don't do that anymore. Awesome. You know, I, other people I know that, and I can't, uh, I can't have even a drink and, and write because I just lose my concentration. With other people, they need a beer, and then they're like, I'm ready to do it. So cool. You know? Oh yeah, no, I can't drink and write. Yeah, either. yeah, but so I can't. I'd be all of us. Yeah. I'd come back the next day and be like, "What in the world was that nonsense?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my wife, my wife laughs ago. She goes, "What the hell are you doing?" I go, "I'm having a drink." She goes, "Yeah, you're writing." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I can drink and edit because it's all about spell checking and, and grammar. I just can't drink and creatively write. It's not the same thing." <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm like, "That's yeah, easy to do." I've kind of tried to look for some of those things because I'm gonna, my I'm gonna try to win, I guess you could say win for myself, Nan Nano this year. I'm participating, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> that's 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 great, and I I just think that 
when people go about writing, sometimes they, they get caught up in a lot of negative things. And I'm not saying there's not negative things there are there. I'm not saying be in denial about them, but you can get right. so caught up on some because writing can still be fun. It still can be an adventure. You can still find all kinds of creative outlets and how you can be creative. Sometimes mm-hmm. writing can even help you in your personal life because sometimes you wind up discovering things you didn't realize before and you become a better person just because you were writing and because you, you, you noticed that. So it, it can yeah. have a lot of what I call therapeutic repercussions if you if you allow it to. And if that's something that if people take more seriously versus just thinking about it's so much work. I'm not sure if it's worth it. I'm not sure if people are going right. to support me. I'm not sure if I have an audience. I'm not sure if I'm original. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, my favorite one. Shakespeare wrote everything, Mark. So what the hell's the point? <laughs> and, I tell, and I tell people all the time, listen to me carefully, okay? Shakespeare wasn't around when we were shooting rockets like every day into space where people sure. could just jump on something and hang out in space where planes can fly five, six, seven times the speed of light where they're actually cancers right now they can actually cure, where they can actually take organs from somebody that died right away and help somebody to live for another 50 years. None of those things happen with Shakespeare. So please do not tell me or yourself that there are not new things to write about. There's a million things you could be writing about new. Whether you want to or not, it's a different story. But we have a new world and we have new technologies. We have all kinds of things out there that we could write about. I got a girl that all she says that she wants to do is write about nature and the environment. She goes, is that corny? Is that like limited? I go, no. I go, you can make an argument that we're spending too much money in space and maybe we should learn to explore more of the planet. Maybe if we go in some of these jungles, we might find a cure to diseases that could be just there waiting for us. But we're too busy hanging out at McDonald's. So, no, you can go endless on stuff like that if you want to. And, And have your entire career just about that. No one says you don't have to. What I just tell people is that in the end, you've got to try to find something that you really like or that you really believe in. Because right. whether it's content writing or any other kind of writing, if you're doing it just for the motion of doing it or maybe even just for money and you're not happy, it's going to be very hard to continue with it. Because right. Life, well, and it'll show up in your work, too. It, it, it will, because life can be unha- yeah. as happy as it is. So why make it any more? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I really, because people say, that's kind of cliche, Mark. It's kind of corny. I'm like, well, no one's ever accused me of being the Hallmark kind of guy. But <laughs> it's, it's the fundamental truth you find out. I have been a happier and better writer when I simply resign myself to say, to say, these are the things that I feel comfortable writing about. And I'm just not, oh, yeah. not going to write about these other things anymore because it's obvious I don't care about them. And if I don't care about yeah. them, why am I going to spend whatever years I still have left on this planet? Because I don't know. I could be dead tomorrow. Why? Use that time for some crap I don't believe in when I should be using it on the things that I do. It's just that simple. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I had to learn about recently because I was just, I took on a job um, to write some blog posts for a lawyer and I was just feeling sick about it. I, you know, like, not like the work was going to be terrible, but I just, I was, it was not what I wanted to do. It was not, and, and, and learning to say no is hard for me. And, and I had to just tell her, look, I'm, 
I'm not in a place to do this for you. I'm sorry, you know, and just, and, and I've just made that decision to not do that kind of work anymore just to try to bring in a little extra something because I'm, I'm just, I don't love it. I have no passion for it and it's really going to come out and I know it's going to come out as I'm writing it and I just, I don't like that. So. Yeah, it's a very different field writing to be in than yeah. than, than you're a bank teller. Yeah. And every day you go there and you really don't like the job, but you know it pay it pays well. It has some decent hours, and you can go about your life to go to do other things that you do want to do that you enjoy. It's far different. Right. It's far different than that because the truth about being a bank teller is is that other than some math and some small talk. There's not really anything deep personal going on that you can really. No. It's not. It's yeah. just a, just a job, and you can get through that. But writing, you can't really get any more personal than writing, other than stabbing right. somebody with a knife. You can't get any more personal than writing. So, if you don't love it, if you don't like what's going on, if you can't believe in it, it it's actually gonna hurt you and invade you and say to you, "What the hell are you doing?" Versus where before you feel like, "Yeah, yeah." I don't care if it's taking three weeks. This is what I want. Yeah. Uh, right. Because you have to be able to say at the end of the day, no matter what time you put into it, yeah. If you can't say yeah, then you shouldn't be doing that. Right. Well, and I mean, like, when you work those other kind of jobs, and nothing against them. I mean, I was a, a medical clerk for a long time at the VA, and I loved my job, and I loved my people. But you can still be, like, in your own head space and still serve people well and whatnot but when you're writing like you can't be in some other headspace like you have to your whole being and your mind and your thoughts have to be tuned in to what you're writing and that can be so exhausting if you don't love it yeah because I, I tell people all the time i got people sometimes i get hate mail from people mark why do you always say that writing is work Mark, why don't you talk about the joys of art of, of writing? I go because ultimately it's work, okay? It it is work. When, yeah. When my when my work is done, and I, and I feel that I, I got something artistic there, I can be happy, and then I go send it out, and you have to worry about what's going to happen next. But the act of writing itself, there's not a lot of fun to that. And to tell people no. to lie to people about. Man, you, you just can't wait to get to that 18th line. It's so awesome. It's a bunch of crap. And, and to tell people that, yeah. it, it's wrong. You're misleading them, and we shouldn't be doing that. If we have to tell right. people the truth, even if it's hard, then we should be doing that. It doesn't mean that there's something bad because it's hard. It just means oh, yeah, that no. a lot of things in life, when you find that they're worthwhile, they tend to be hard. Me running every night, it, it's, it's worthwhile to my health and my weight management and even my mental well-being but i hate every damn step of it from the moment i go to the moment i end i hate it so much that even when i stop running i still hate it because i'm like sweaty and exhausted i'm like oh i gotta take a shower now oh lord right so i hate all of it and and well what are you gonna do about that well there is nothing to do about that the only thing you could do about that acknowledge that it has a benefit for you writing or running and also acknowledge that you're never going to stop hating it. <laughs> so right. then it becomes a little easier to deal with, you know? Yeah. And, and that's really it. I actually like editing more than I like writing. That, that's how ridiculous it is. I actually like rerunning through my stuff 
and writing this and fixing that. I like I enjoy that more than actually initially doing it from the blank page because it is so damn hard to do that other part and the other parts are so yeah, damn easy. So I try to say to myself to get myself psyched up and I tell other writers to do this. You know, it, it's almost like you're not going to be happy with the run or even the writing until you've gotten through it. Then you feel more comfortable about, okay, I've achieved something, now I can go around and fix it later on, take a shower, get ready, or whatever. That's the only way to go about things like that, because there's no way in God's green earth ever here that you can make yourself love something if you don't love it. It's just, it's, it's right. no different for, for you with a woman, it's no different for you with writing, it's no different with you on, on a car or, or one of those amusement rides. Well, listen, mm -hmm. man, I think, I think on my 16th attempt, I won't vomit. I know the other 15 I did, but number 16, it's going to be great. And no, you're still vomiting. So either yeah. you accept that vomit is part of that experience, or you just don't do it anymore. Because sometimes there really is no middle ground. I've never been able to find a middle ground on running. I hate it all the time. And it never, I never feel any different about it. I used to like psych myself with, well, I quit smoking now, so my lungs should be stronger. Yeah, whatever the hell. I'm older. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, my body keeps saying the same thing. It always says, why the hell are you doing this when you could be watching a TV show? Mm -hmm. One time my mind told me halfway through the run, you could be writing right now instead you're stupid out here running. I mean, I'm like running going, I got to listen to this crap. But that's just the way that is. But some things, they only have the benefit. They only have the value because they're so damn hard to begin with. But when you do them right. and you do them enough, at least they start becoming a part of you where you can just laugh at yourself and go, yep, going to run again. Yep, I hate it. Thank God for Pandora. I'm going to put this thing in. Listen to some music I hate too. And just run. <laughs> I'm like, I'm listening to Panama for that 98th time. Thanks a lot. But Because, yeah. you know, you can't really control that thing. They just throw any damn song they want on. So yeah. for me, it's always the songs that I hate. So I'm like, oh, my God, really. Yeah. So it's really the same thing with writing. That is that is writing in in in, in a nutshell, really. And, and mm -hmm. I really enjoyed having you on because it again allows people to see the validation of what I've been talking about on many of the shows and what other readers and writers have been talking about when they get interviewed is the common experience of how tough it can be how time management in your life is important, how life itself can sometimes interfere with writing and how life sometimes can actually add to the writing. Right. All of those things happen to, to all of us. And when people see more and hear more of what we all find is a collective common experience, they feel less hesitant and less fearful about, well, I don't know if I have a voice. Well, right. Yeah, you heard that other girl say that, and now she's nominated for a big award. So, what are you talking about? When, right. when are you going to go get your nomination? Because I can't help you until you actually start writing. <laughs> so, right. This, you got to actually do yeah, it. So, this is what people, I think, they, they need to hear. And, you know, it's not just for people who are starting out for a year or two or whatever, okay? It's for every, everybody. There's plenty of writers I know who are writing, writing this as long as I have, even longer, and they'll always probably confess... People think I'm some kind of genius over here, and I know everything, but I have days where I need to hear this damn stuff, too. 
So, because oh, we're yeah. human and it happens. You're going to have hard days. You're going to have doubts. You know, you're going to have... I know one guy told me, I think I ran out of all my ideas already. So, I, yeah. I ran over some ideas with him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can try that. So... <laughs> Prompts are good. Yeah, They're very helpful. Yeah, so I'm like, no, there, there's no such thing. I mean, because all, all writer's block really is, because it's not a permanent thing. All it really is, yeah. is, is just, it's just fear hanging out a little longer because you pull yeah. the chair out for it. I tell people all the time, do not pull the chair out for fear. Let it fall on its ass, make fun of it, and <laughs> kick it in the face whenever you can. Because it's always going to be the enemy of anything you want to do. In writing or anything else in life, it's always going to be your enemy. It's never going to have anything good for you. So oppose it in any way you can. Sometimes have fun opposing it. Ha! I'm going to write this, and what do you think about that, Fear? And you, you, you look behind your back and fear is gone. Why did it go? Because it doesn't want you to succeed, and it can't stand you succeeding. Right. So it's going to run away. I'm sorry to say it's not going to be gone forever. It's going to come back maybe next Tuesday, okay? But it will come back, and you need to have another plan. But that's what you have to do because fear is the enemy. And once you figure out ways around it, once you make fun of of it, once you show what you can do versus that, you're going to find that it comes out less and less. It comes around less and less because it it knows you're a little stronger. It knows it needs to come up with its own better plan. And a lot of times, fear isn't all that damn creative. You are. Right. You can outfox fear. But when it, out, when it outfoxes you, that's when you're having a really bad day. Because fear is actually usually stupid. Right. If you examine it more times than not examine it, you're like, what the hell was I afraid of? It, it's, just, it's just like that, you know, that wizard in The Wizard of Oz. Just a jerk behind a curtain, mm-hmm. pulling the string. Yep. Don't don't have a brain cell in his head. Don't have a muscle on his body. Probably probably don't even have much private parts down there. Okay, and you, <laughs> and you were afraid of that. <laughs> right. So if you look at it more more closely, you, you, you're not going to be impressed. And when you start to be less impressed with fear, you're going to start being more impressed with yourself. And that's what really good writing in the end is about. Somebody being impressed with themselves. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, that's right, my voice. Absolutely. Yeah, you can learn something from this. Yeah, you could probably do this too if you're willing to clamp down and, and get with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's enough of my positive words for today. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've just, I've always been, I've always been psyched about writing. I've always loved it. I've always felt, you know, and, and some people feel this is a weird thing to say, but I've always felt that. It's the only thing for me, and it's the only thing I feel the best and the strongest about. And I've been in the, I've been in the Air Force, and I've been shot at, and I've been in the business world, and I worked for the government, and I didn't care for any of those things at all. I love yeah. being in the military, don't get me wrong, but, you know, mm-hmm. someone shooting at you, no. I'm not impressed with that. No. No. So, it was the only thing, ever, that I've ever yeah. felt the best about. And there's a reason for that because I feel that I've got it down enough to where I can be good at it, and and I'm comfortable with it, and I feel comfortable enough that I can share whatever I've learned so other people so they can learn too and, and maybe do something. Maybe they can fly ahead of me. Good, that's fine with me as long as they're flying, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. That's really it for the, in a nutshell. So I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm not human. It doesn't mean I don't have my days or my doubts. It doesn't mean that I don't have people that sometimes I have to lean on. That's just the way the world works. Yeah. You know, but guess what? I'm still here after 37 years, and I'm not going anywhere. 
but it it is work, and you have to have it is work. You have to have, yeah. you have, to have some kind of a passion in it. It has to be it has to be more important than a ham sandwich, you know. That's for yeah. sure, and, and 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 it has to be like I tell my wife, and she thinks I'm weird. I say it has to be at least in the neighborhood of importance of, of you in my life because if it's not i can't put enough into it to make it worth anything out there i can't say right i love my wife but um, i'm so so on this poem i have to love the poem too so it's more work that way sure but you have to try to get to that kind of level if you're going to want to continue to do something and, and have it be worthwhile and have other people say hey i got something out of that hey hey that was worth it because it also, and probably one of my final words on this, it also justifies the time that we take away. Because oh, one, yeah. of, one of the darkest and the hardest things that writers have to face is not the fear of the doubt. The time they take away from themselves, from sleep, maybe sometimes from their family, from their children. Right even their work. I, I've been one of those crazy people that I took a day off of work because I had a great idea about writing and I just did it. Hell with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So sometimes that's what happens, that you take time away from something to do it. Because it's not like, no matter who we are, we have all this wonderful time just to sit there and write. We don't. We have to make choices. No. We have to make sacrifices. Some of them can be painful. Some of them can be, you know, Dad, I, I'd rather have been you at the soccer game than doing this. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I had to get this done. I've been like twin games already, so you know, try not kill me on the eleventh game. And you got to live with that. You got to live with whether right. that's a, a piece of guilt for you, or whether you feel that you know I got to put this down today and go to that soccer game and make that sacrifice to the writing. So you have to juggle a number of things, and you don't know if you're always right. You don't know if the guilt is justified. You don't even know if the time you spend on the writing is justified sometimes. Sometimes you right. walk away and go, what the hell did I do? I don't even know. But in the end, you have to have enough faith that everything you're doing and everybody around you is at least happy enough that you're making some progress. And then sometimes oh, yeah. you might have days or weeks where you have to maybe rearrange things just to kind of keep people in, you know, in their own corners and still letting them know, yeah, yeah, yeah of course they care about you, but... You know, I'm trying to get this done over here. So right. it's not a it's never gonna be an easy task. Sometimes I've known people no. that give it that give up on it, not because they're not successful or they're not good, just because the the task of the juggle, the task of the sacrifice, just the work itself and how sometimes it can have an impact on you and not always in a positive way. Sometimes that could be too much for some people to to be able to handle right. to be able to handle. And I'm never the judge about it, but I, I always remind them, although, that, you know, maybe when things change, maybe you can change with that and, and find another way. No one says, right. no one says if you stop for a little while, you can't start up again. Right, absolutely. But yeah, it, it's, it, it is certainly a, a mess at times, but uh, to me, it, it's always been a, a, a kind of a beautiful mess. And, you know, I've always felt, without trying to sound like I'm some kind of egomaniac, but I've always felt special when I write and I put things out and they get published. And, I'm not, oh, and yeah. I've never felt special wearing a uniform or, or working for the government or, yeah. or working for a, a, a bank or a financial institution. I've always felt I was just a damn number in a damn office 
and some other jerk, yep. some jerk they can just, you know, replace next week. I never completely I, dispensable. Yeah, I, I've never felt yeah. that in writing. I never felt like someone's going to replace me or I'm going to fail or, or no one cares. I always felt that I had enough talent and I had enough control that I can make something happen where everywhere else, well, no matter what I did, it never seemed like I was going to be able to make something special because I can never devote myself 100% to that. And I'm certainly not going to kiss anybody's yeah. butt. And I'm certainly not going to sit there and lie to people all day. I'm not doing that. Right. No, I can relate with that. Yeah, so in writing, I can oh. be the most honest. I can be the best self that I can be. I don't even have to kiss my own butt. There's days where, right. there's the days where I say, Mark, today you suck. But you were great yesterday. Right. Maybe you'll be pretty cool tomorrow. Today you suck. <laughs> just go get some ice cream and just don't worry about it. Yeah, put on, today is yeah, not a good put, day. Put on Peter Gabriel and say, okay, this is what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine because, again, it's me in the driver's seat. It's me putting in everything, understanding that it's not always going to work every time. But it's still right. me with the freedom of doing that versus someone telling me, your break is over. Your lunch is done. At right. Your work, yeah. your work is ninety five percent, Mark. But you know, I think you can get to a hundred. And I and I'm feeling like I think I could punch you in the face and leave this job right now. You know? so, <laughs> right. Which God, God bless has never happened. But I swear I've had a few. Right. I had a few times like that where I'm like, oh, let me just leave before I literally go to jail. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I've never, I've never, never, never <laughs> had that moment in writing. Now, as long as I've been writing. And, and with bad days, even with crap that didn't work out, I've never said, oh, the hell with all of it. Never. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me neither. Uh, it's definitely been an adventure, and one I've not been on very long, but I've... And just like you said, there are good days and bad days. And, and there are some days I'm like, man, you know, that imposter syndrome. Am I any good, you know? And But I'm like, well, I'm going to do it again tomorrow, and we're going to see, you know? And, um, but I too have, I mean, I felt more confidence. I felt better my, about myself and in, in writing. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, nobody, nobody can tell the story that you're telling because you're the one telling it. It's part of your uniqueness as a writer. And that's really where you're getting your voice at. And let me leave you yes. with this, Jennifer, because I wrote, I wrote this down. I want, I oh. want you to hear this before we left. Okay? Okay. All right. In 2021, as the editor for the aerial chart, okay? Mm -hmm. Combined, I read 2,147 pieces of writing. Me personally. That doesn't include the other, the other stuff that the other editors on, on, on my staff have, have, have read, okay? Mm -hmm. And when I went through all of that, I had about maybe 60 that I thought were very strong in the sense that they could be nominated for an award. Okay? And you and the other person that the other editor had picked in fiction were the two people out of the 60 that would be picked out of over 3,000 entries. So I don't wow. know how to make you feel special. <laughs> I don't because I don't even know if that's supposed to be my job. But what I can tell yeah. you is if you look at the numbers and you don't feel that you have a voice or you don't belong 
I don't know what the hell is going to do that for you because that's the truth of those numbers. That's why yeah. you were nominated. That's why we're putting you out there. We don't know what's going to happen with the push guard. We don't know if they're going to pick you yeah. or not. We have no idea. But we do know that you belong. You, you just have to believe mm -hmm. that too, okay? Yes, I appreciate that. That means a lot. Those are those are the numbers. You know, that's, that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I just thought you'd, you'd know that. And I, just, we, I decided yeah. to write that down and say, oh, yeah, that's right. I do this naturally every year, but I never normally share that because it's like hmm. kind of weird. But uh, I usually don't have the person on the interview to actually share that with anyway. So, you know, <laughs> right. it probably looks too weird on the email. What the hell is this guy saying? <laughs> this is weird. You know, so no, it's well, important I, for you to know I that. Mean, it makes, I mean, I appreciate that. It means a lot. And and knowing, I mean, you know, because sometimes you can think, well, you know, maybe they just picked it out. You know, like you don't know, and and so I mean, it matters. So I appreciate. I that. I don't. And neither does the other editor do anything random, mainly because, and, and this is going to probably sound crappy, but it's the truth. Okay, we want to win because if you win, oh, yeah. the magazine wins. It brings me a lot more attention. We want <laughs> to win. Sure, we love literature. Sure, we love writers. <laughs> But when it comes to this, it is a competition. I want to win. Yeah. And if I want to win, I want to find something here that just speaks to all the things that we think could be necessary to win. We don't know if we're right or not, but at least this is what sure. we think. And that's why. So that's why every sentence, every, every, every piece of passion people puts into something, everything they do could make the difference. Because when I was picking you, there's at least 10 other people that was like, oh, I don't know, those right. are pretty damn good too. You know, and right. that's that's how it is. In the end, it's like okay, it's it's this one, but it's never an easy choice. Uh, most of the times, you have to really rack your brain over it for a while, and we. Well, and they're just they're, there's a lot of great writers out there. There, there, there are, and we're a little different because yeah. we're monthly, we're not we're mm -hmm. not quarterly, so we do, we right. do things extremely different. The push card goes to December in terms of nominations. I started that mm -hmm. at October, and the reason I started October is because by the time October comes by, I've just published over 2,000 things and, and read over 3,000 things. I already had mm -hmm. seven full months of, of material to look at. I don't have to go to the end of the year like a lot of magazines do because they're quarterly. They have to give right. everybody a shot. I don't. If somebody winds up giving me something in November that was great, I'm sorry, maybe, uh, maybe another time. That's just the way it is. Right. If you're not giving me anything the first seven months, Oops, because it's already too much material as it is to go through. Right. That's just the truth, and you're going to find something that's wonderful, and we, we always do. In fact, the truth of the matter is, is that we find more than something that's wonderful, a lot of somethings, and we just picked you this year because this is the one that rang our bell. Next year, it could be something different, you know? Absolutely. Well, I, I do appreciate it, and uh, it's definitely boosted boosted me up and boosted my confidence and I, I appreciate Aerial Chart and, and you and, and all of the work that you guys put in and and I've, I've really been blessed to be able to, it's not the first piece that I've published with you guys and uh, you know I really appreciate your work and yeah, there, you, there you go right there and you, you already know that that um, you know we look at things uh, as carefully as we can and we, we take it seriously yeah. you know I told my um, I told my other editor she's in Canada and she's she's a she's the left right 
She's like, you're making me feel old, Mark. I'm like, listen, the <laughs> truth is metaphorically that we're like parents, and these are our children. And if we want to send them out in the world, we can't send them out naked and stupid. They have to send them out looking good and doing great. So it's the same thing with these nomination processes. we got to get the best kids that are going to go out there and make the best impact. So this is your, this is, you're one of our kids this year anyway. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> All right. With that, it's uh, Jennifer Brewer. Don't forget to check out her work here. Uh, it's not just uh, Shifting Sands. There's, there's some other work over there as well. Use our search engine works in, in her aerial charts. So if you put her name in there, it'll come up with everything she's ever been uh, produced here on, on the show. Of course, you know, if you get a chance and you find that this had a really good impact with you, maybe you have a writing friend. Share the show with other people. You know, I find that many times the interviews are more instructive with people than some of the standalone shows they have. Because that's like this mark droning on. But when they hear somebody live that kind of they can relate to, well, it has a deeper impact. So share the show with other people as well. You do the same thing as well. Maybe some other writers you know. You know, maybe your writing groups or something. I have a few writing groups that literally take the interviews and, and actually listen, make people listen to them on the computer as part of the... Uh, their writing exercise. They hear somebody else yep. talk about their life, you know, yeah, which is which is cool. a great honor to have. But also, it's it's okay. a wonderful thing because maybe you know there's something that somebody can pick up on that they, they just didn't realize before. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. Yeah. Until until next time. We're in October now. Um, normally, my more favorite uh, holiday because of uh, Halloween. I actually like it more than Christmas, but my children now have gotten so old that they don't even want to trick or treat anymore. So I Aww. officially feel so old that I don't even know if I care about it anymore. <laughs> other than other than stealing candy from the basket that people, you know, give me, that's, absolutely, I still can do that. But uh, you know, I, I really <laughs> wish I had the days of out there trick or treating. As old as I am, I still love it. I think it's just so much, so much darn fun. But um, I like watching the kids at least with the, with the little outfits. They're hilarious, and and I just I wish I could go back there for a day. It would be nice to do that. I, I feel yeah. <laughs> and we got a lot of stuff coming this uh, this uh, month. Um, in case anyone noticed, I had a couple episodes last month I couldn't get through because yeah, I had a sinus issue. It wound up affecting my voice, and I just don't want to be doing these shows with a bad voice. I did it one time, trying to show that you know I could stick with show business and be tough, but. I'm, I'm not that tough. The voice is just not good. It's not good for someone to listen to it, and I wind up just hurting myself more. So sometimes being tough is, is not smart. i got to be smart and more than I need to be tough. So I took a little time off from doing that. I will just simply move those shows that I'm going to create and just have them in October. All right? And so we won't miss anything that way. We're all going to live and be fine. But um, at least I, I was able to get a, a good part of October out before my voice was gone. You know, at one point it was actually just gone, and then another point it was like, you know, it sounded like, a, you know, I was like the road warrior on crack or something, you know. So <laughs> it's just not good. So I'm, I'm glad to be yeah. back and have a full voice, and I was like, I got to have this show with Jennifer, so please, God, make sure I have a good voice. So right. I've had it for a few days right now, so I'm like, eh, don't mess with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I feel I feel good. <laughs> Alright, uh, this will probably be out in a few days. Normally, um, I, I do an interview and I wind up having to produce it and just do it later in the month. But in this particular case, I don't have too much in the can right now other than stuff I'm putting together uh, because okay. of, of my uh, illness. So, um, I'll probably be having this out by the weekend, actually. I'll, I'll just text you and let you know, okay? And, and okay, you can let, and that'd be great. You can let everybody else know. 
Will do. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you very much for being a wonderful writer and, and, and a wonderful person. Being so open and candid and honest about stuff. Sometimes that's the biggest problem with writers is they don't know how to be honest with themselves. It's okay if you're not right. honest with the world sometimes. That's called pri right. that's called privacy. It's all right. You know? Right. But with yourself, if you're not, you, you just damage everything you're trying to do. So you, you really are on the right track with that. Other folks, listen and learn because you need to get on that track too, okay? Lie to your, your neighbors. You might even have to lie to your pastor, but do not lie to right. the mirror, so, okay? The mirror needs to be told the truth, okay? So make sure you do that and you'll be fine. <laughs> that's ha that's half your road on being a writer, just being honest with yourself. Absolutely. All right, folks. God bless. Until next time, this is Strength to be Human. I'm interviewing Jennifer Brewer, one of our nominees for the Pushcart Prize for Fiction in the year 2021. Another exciting year, and we're definitely excited about this year as well. Until then, take care. Jennifer, you have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.